It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Spider-Man Far From Home. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother Dusty. What is going on, Dust? Iron Man, Iron Man, does whatever <laughs> an iron can. Yeah. Can't get flat line and Wait, no, it's Spider- Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I, dude, I was loving this movie from beginning to end. I'm super excited they actually even got in the Spider-Man theme song. That was super cool. It was, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Probably, uh, you and I both watched it yesterday, right? Yep. Cool beans, man. It's already made tons of money. It is such a big hit. When we went to the theater, every seat was sold except for that very frontest row where nobody ever wants to sit, you know? Other than that, packed theater. Had to wait 20 minutes for popcorn and soda. Uh, it was And it was a great movie-going experience. I took both the boys. We're going to go... Ne- oh, I'm going to go again, but I'm going to take the entire family next Tuesday um, because when I was going to go watch it, I you told me, hey, Spider-Man, you got to go get your tickets now because it's coming out on a Tuesday. I was like, what? It's on a Tuesday? That's weird. And so I'm going to talk about that for just a second. But when I went, to, I was like, I better check. And it was like on a Sunday that I went to go buy them. And there was like one seat left. I was like, oh, crap. So I bought it. So anyways, I know I was going to watch it again. So we're going to go next Tuesday, the $5 Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, and go over there and um, watch the movie again. But why did they release it on a Tuesday? Uh, I think just they want to get ahead of the four-day weekend. Uh, you know, with July 4th being on a Thursday, full four days, they wanted to get people in there started soon, get the word of mouth going so that on the 4th, everybody goes before fireworks at night is my guess. And to have a killer Friday because so many people are going to be off. The word of mouth is out there. It's like a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes with uh, audiences right now and 94 with critics. I mean, it's going to be a humongous hit for the weekend. Oh man, absolutely. And plus with how good it was, I mean, I've just blown away at the storyline, and I was you were definitely a big Spider-Man uh, comic book reader, right? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, and I read maybe one or two. I didn't read very much. Actually, just in general, I wasn't the biggest reader. I didn't really care to read, and so the other comic books, I kind of just flipped through them a little bit, but I didn't know much about Spider-Man, but I do know the... The, the person, you know, not Spider-Man himself, but Peter Parker, his personality is much more, he's a kid, you know, he's a high school kid and he's just trying to figure everything out. And I think they did a really, really great job throughout this entire movie with the storytelling. I really thoroughly enjoyed the storytelling in the movie. Yeah, 100%. They stuck with that whole theme. Like, one of the biggest things for Spider-Man was he's a regular guy, a kid, but he has all this weight thrown on his shoulders because he has this incredible power that gives him so much responsibility. And he he feels that responsibility. I mean, that was ingrained in him from the start, from his Uncle Ben and stuff. And then so his his own life takes a backseat to being Spider-Man. In the comic books, that happened all the time. Put a strain on his relationship with him and MJ um, and every other girlfriend he's had besides MJ, that kind of thing. Um, and then I really like how they really brought it to life in this movie. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. So do you have trouble making your Peter tingle? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, not for many years. Not for me. <laughs> Dude, that was brilliant. I loved that. That was so funny. And then it was like a line throughout the whole movie. It was, and then uh, Happy calls it, you know, hey, get your Peter Tingle going. I thought that was good. And the way they played that in, you know, they introduced it. 
with Aunt May throwing the banana at Peter and him not, you know, he's just, he's so distracted. So, so many things going on in his brain. So many things have happened, dying or, you know, being gone for five years, coming back, Tony Stark's dead, now fighting everything. And he's like, I just need a break. And so his Peter Tingle is not working out really well. And now he finally, I like that that's what helped him to, you know, stay alive at the very end. So what did you think about the Peter Tingle? It, it was great, man. Uh, there's a couple things about the the joke itself was funny, and I do like how you said they brought it back at the end of the movie, and it gave us a nice little blood sports solution scene, right, where he closes his eyes and then he pulls a Jean-Claude Van Damme and beats the bad guy blindfolded, you know? Um, the other thing I really liked about it, well, not liked about it, this is an interesting about the Peter Tingle, the Spidey sense as we've always called it. He often has spidey sense when he's around somebody bad, like his guts, his instinct, his his subconscious is telling him that he's bad. So maybe his Peter Tingle was off or maybe um, Quentin Beck was or Mysterio was such a good actor, so good at it. It even fooled Spider-Man's incredible senses, you know, or uh, his subterfuge, you know what I mean? I think it comes down. Yeah, yeah, I could see. So with Aunt May, it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, a bad person. So you can, okay, let that slide. It's just a banana flying at him Got and it. it's not going to hurt him, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, 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 I really like the way they played that together. So now I got to do what, say, even though I really like the storytelling, I liked the way that they had the characters, um, the, the, the personalities and, and interplay. And I want to talk about uh, Mary Jane in just a little bit, but what did you think about the storyline? Did that remind you of any other MCU movie? Well, yeah, lots of movies, just movies in general. The the bad guy who seems to be a good guy, but he turns into a bad guy. Just that whole regular storyline, like in Iron Man. They even referenced it in this movie, you know, the first Iron Man with that head scientist and stuff. Just the bad guy turning out to be a good guy. It happens a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But what really struck me was... Basically, somebody who is acting a part, and and I'm not saying this is a bad or knock on the movie because I think they did a really good job. It's like writing, um, you know, you might writing a, a play, and then you take a, something very similar and you make it your own play, but it's, it has a nuance of it. But remind me of Iron Man three. You know, who is that main main bad guy? He's the just Mandarin. an actor. Mandarin, there you go. Exact same thing, except he now was the bad guy. So it was very, very similar. You know, like he's acting and playing. I, I, my mind went there. My, probably most people wouldn't think that, but um, in all, you know, it was a good guy becoming the bad guy and the bad guy pretending to be something he's not and all that sort of stuff. But all that to say, it's like they, they rewrote or not rewrote it, but they, they took something that was good and they also made it even, I wouldn't say, well, maybe even better, you know, and because I like this much more than Iron Man 3. Um, this was a really, really good movie. Oh, without a doubt it was. And it reminded me. So I'm going to, I have a, a, an important question for you first, before I get to my idea. What is Mysterio's total overall plan? Because at one point he congratulates everybody and says future millionaires or whatever. What is his plan in this movie? I, I couldn't fully grasp how being seen as a hero is going to benefit his group in any way. You're absolutely right. You know, any type of there's a crime or there's a mysterious thing, not mysterious, but like nefarious thing. There's a motive. And you think of what's his motive is the motive for Mysterio to be popular and have action figures and make money that way. Or is it to sell this technology? And it, 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 I guess threw me off because it was both like it. Well, mostly it seemed like he wanted Mysterio to be the, the you know, the main guy. The hero, right? You mean like the new Avenger? Yes. 
And then when he's talking to his team, it's all about making money and stuff. But here's the crazy thing. If there was actually a bad thing, he wouldn't be able to do much other than use his drones to to shoot and fire because you can't script anything. Like if there's a bad guy that's actually attacking him, only thing you can do is have the drones do something. And so that's the whole big thing that I'm looking at is, you know, when you piece those two together, he doesn't have a solid motive throughout the whole thing. I understand because he says, I want Mysterio to be the greatest, um, you know, superhero, but it's never going to play out if there wasn't another, you know. Um, it depends on the level of threat, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but it does seem like the the route that he should go is eventually say, hey, well, no, he couldn't because he destroyed, like people died. You know, he destroyed lots of stuff. He can't say, hey, like this is my technology. It's fantastic. They say, well, you destroyed all this stuff. Pay for it. You know, and so I, that that was a whole little, little bit of a quirk in the movie. Yeah, I just could not find out. I understand his motivation in wanting to use Tony Stark tech because it was so... Um uh, it, it is such powerful technology. And then also like bastardizing Tony, Tony Stark, or I just, I'll just say Stark tech because he felt, um, you know, ostracized by stock Stark and everything. So I understand him going after Stark and Spider-Man who inherited the Stark, but yeah, I just did not know where they were going with their plan. How would they make millions with that? I mean, just so that he'd have access to, I don't know. I don't Knox know. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. So what's funny is I went to the bathroom right as everything was winding down. And right when Mysterio says, hey, let's go get a beer. And I was like, okay, this would be a good time for me to go run it and uh, get, fill up my drink and go to the bathroom. And I come back and he's Mysterio was right in the middle of his speech. I'm like, what just happened? Oh, <laughs> I like, I missed, I missed what a terrible bunch. time, man. So you missed, you missed uh, Peter Parker giving him Edith. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't see any of that. I bet you were confused, man. <laughs> well, no, no. It was about two seconds because they did a good job um, showing you back, like, you know, flashback of part one or Iron Man one and um, whichever one, other ones that has those characters in there being, you know, stepped on by, you know, Stark Industries and stuff. So I, I caught up to speed really, really quick. And that's where my mind really quickly went to, okay, this is like the Mandarin in part three. Somebody's acting. That's, you know, how I jumped into it. But yeah, so I, that was a whole big plot twist that I was in the bathroom for. Yeah. Gotcha. And it kind of reminded me of the Incredibles with, um, gosh, darn, I don't remember the name of the, what was the bad guy's name in the first Incredibles? The first Incredibles. Oh, I can't remember. Played by Jason Lee. Yeah, the redhead. I don't whatever, but he was he was a guy who wanted to be the superhero. Um but I you know, he was already a multi-billionaire and stuff. It it just kind of harkened back to that movie a little bit for me too. Yeah, do you know who Peter Billingsley is? Yes, I do. I recognized him as well. I was going to bring him up. I'm glad you did. Absolutely. I'm so excited. And I had no idea he was an Iron Man. He I, like, they didn't Exactly, yeah. In this movie, they kept the camera on his face quite a few times so you can recognize him, but in the prior, no. Yeah, so he is the kid from um, uh, Christmas Story. A Christmas Story, you know, we grew up with that. That was a amazing, fun, fun, terrific story. I still have to watch. I haven't watched it with my kids. I really need to. But then again, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it got some uh, rough things inside there. But anyways, I loved him as as the Christmas story kid because you know he, every kid sees himself as uh, as a Mikey, I think his name was or Ralphie. no Ralphie, Ralphie. So every yeah everybody sees himself every boy sees himself as Ralphie shooting his eye out and everything. So I thought it was really really cool seeing him in this movie. Yeah, you know now that you just now mentioned this, and it didn't occur to me uh, till just this moment. 
neither of us chose a Christmas movie when we talked about our top five childhood movies because every year, you know, back in the day, there was no Netflix, there was no DVDs and VHS. You would have to wait for The Grinch to come on TV or A Christmas Story or anything like that. You know, Charlie Brown, I can't remember, Halloween, whatever, Pumpkin Patch Halloween stuff, you know. And neither of us chose any of those special holidays because... I, I think probably one of us should have chosen it as a movie because it was such an integral part of growing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just doesn't come on my brain. But it always comes on like, you know, the TV, normal regular stations usually play that sometime. That and um, a Christmas vacation. You know, they, they play those all the time. But yeah, I thought it was really cool that to see him inside the movie and realizing, oh, crap, he was an Iron Man. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you know who the director and writers were for this movie? Uh, I'm looking at it right now, but you can go ahead and say. Okay, yeah, so John Watts, he directed this one, and he directed Homecoming. He killed it with both of those movies. I think they were really good takes, both of them, um, on the whole, you know, teenage Peter Parker, Spider-Man kind of stuff. And then Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, they were the writers for this movie, for um, the prior movie, Homecoming. They also wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp, the newest Jumanji, which is a pretty funny movie, and a movie that you loved with your kids, Lego Batman movie. So great writers and a director for this one, and they, I think they really nailed it. They absolutely did. Um, now, I'm looking at the writers in IMDb. It actually has Stan Lee as the writer. Well, yeah, I guess I guess because they created, you know, he created these characters. They oh, just okay. give he him did- the writing credit. Got it. Okay, so you see Chris McKenna and Eric Summers being the screenplay. Okay, I get it. I was like, oh, wow, because I know that they do give them credit every single time, which is great. Now, the one thing I did not see, which is rather sad, is the cameo for Stan Lee. Yeah, it's a bummer from this point forward, I guess. uh, No more Stan Lee. Do you think maybe they had his little picture in a frame somewhere, possibly? I would hope so. I just didn't notice it. But yeah, I would think so. Um, I want to say with two two um, actors in the movie so number one tom holland i think in my opinion he is by far my favorite spider-man what do you think absolutely i agree i mean he, he's fantastic like toby mcguire was good because it was the first spider-man movie and we was like oh this is really cool and so i thought he did really well but in general he was more of like a sullen type of like he, he wasn't as like peppy like a high schooler he, he was like a 25 year old playing high schooler you know yeah, or, exactly. or a 30 year old playing high schooler so um with Tom Holland, I think he does a great job. And you can't even tell he's, what, from England or Australia No, or you can't. His accent's spot-on perfect New Yorker or just American. Yes. So I'm thoroughly excited they, they have him. He's very, very good. The other actor, I'm not a huge – actually, no. I'm more of like a, a non-Jake – Gellin Kyle Hall? I don't know. How- you're a you're a, an anti fan of his. I wouldn't say anti fan. I'm just like, eh, he's just okay. You know, he's been in some decent movies, but some of them are not that great. The one that I really liked was the two the cop movie with he and the other guy in um, the Marvel MCU. Um, I can't remember his name, but I can't remember the name of the movie. That was a good movie. But anyways, so but he did a great job. I think Jake did a great job in this movie. Very very believable. Um, yeah. So what do you think? I agree with you 100%. He nailed the role perfectly. And I I don't have a ton of experience with Mysterio, so I didn't have an idea of what he would be. But I really like how he went from a good guy, was totally um, amicable and nice to Peter Parker, so much so that he got on Peter's good side. Like, it was his plan from the start to get that Tony Stark from him by being the trusting guy, saving the world stuff. And he played that perfectly. Um, And then 
I, I, I had the idea because Mysterio has always been a bad guy. I, I assume that he would turn out to be a bad guy, but I just really like how they did the role. And you don't find out until that last bar scene. And actually, I kind of thought of it as like a, a, a post-Super Bowl locker room kind of talk with him and his team, right? Like yeah. they pulled off the heist. They won. They got it all. Just like going back in the locker room and then celebrating with champagne, you know, with all your teammates. Absolutely. I think so. And uh, in general, I thought he did a great job. Um, actually, in fact, all the acting and like you said, John Watts, the director, making sure they're acting well. They all did really, really well. I, I do like at throughout the entire storyline, you had funny moments, you had serious moments, you had action moments. They did a really, really good job. Now, what do you think about the, in the storyline of having MJ now becoming knowing spider-man and how she became you know how she found out who spider-man was and he was 60 percent positive all that sort of stuff yeah i i love that mj's always known that he was spider-man from just after they met and they started dating and stuff and and she's a super smart gal as it is of course she's gonna figure it out um so i was happy ab- uh, about that 100 percent um i so i don't know is the character of mj is she as um i don't know irritatingly depressed or you know like no in the comic books not at all she's a super happy go lucky super beautiful sexy model okay so yeah so she portrays a different completely different mj that we've ever seen but she's better than um kirsten dunst right from the first spider-man movies i i really like zendaya and it's cool taking a character in a completely different kind of personality direction i'm get i'm down with it well i do like at first i didn't like it i was like that's not the way mj should be i don't I, it just doesn't feel right but then i look at the dynamic between the two you have peter being really peppy really excited really just uh, you know like a teenager would be and she being the opposite so they they contrast each other fairly well and then she's kind of she's definitely coming out of her shell being getting to know peter more and obviously getting to be much more um close to him because now she knows he's actually spider-man so all that combined was it really kind of brought it home together you know with her warming up and being more of a personality a better personality in the movie and then also playing off of the way tom holland plays spider-man i love it i think it's a great dynamic oh without a doubt you're spot on there what did you think about samuel l jackson through the movie so i did i i i'm glad i obviously watched the end because the whole time i was like samuel l just seems a little off not sorry not yeah, his acting. he was too yeah. emotional yes so yes exactly like his not his acting obviously the acting was from samuel l was great but the um what's his name um uh, uh fury fury just was not acting like himself i'm like he just seems a little off than normally and so in watching the very end seeing it actually wasn't a fury i was like oh that makes total sense it does, man. And Ben Mendelsohn's great actor. I loved him as Talos in Captain Marvel. We talked about him before. And uh, it, it was really cool seeing him, uh, just just his tiny little role here at the end. But the whole idea that Nick Fury is now, he's off doing the intergalactic stuff, hanging out with the Skrulls, potentially, potentially, potentially hanging out with, you know, Captain Marvel and stuff out in space, doing his work out there. But he needed somebody on Earth to kind of help Peter Parker to make sure the kid was on the right track and stuff. And, and using a scroll was pretty pretty interesting for that yeah definitely and seeing at the very very end where they were figuring out or after they figured out that mysterio was not uh actual mysterio they're using holograms and stuff where i can't remember the the lady's name that is his number two or number one uh number two i guess maria hill maria hill yeah so um she was obviously played by somebody else or that the 
morphing person. Anyways, she was saying, oh, yeah, he bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so that's not something she would normally say. It was like, it was just kind of like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, not normally would see something like this, but you could absolutely see this was the other people playing both those two characters. It was, it was good. I like that a lot. Yeah, without a doubt, they nailed that. And the other actor I really liked, it was really cool seeing, well, the actors, Happy Hogan or John Favreau, as well as, um, uh, Aunt, uh, why can't I come up with her name right now? Marissa Aunt, Tomei. Uh, Aunt May. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, they they play really well together. I like their characters together. Um, John Favreau has always been a uh, really fun actor. I've always liked him ever since I saw him in Swingers. That was a you know fantastic movie. I watched that over and over again when we were like I don't know college or something. But uh, yeah, really really good. And what's great is man, I had no idea John Favreau. Well, this is, I've, I've known for a while now, but. Um, I after watching him as an actor, I didn't know he was such a big director too. Like he directed um, Zathura and a, like a bunch of other movies, and he is a big part. Like he directed Iron Man number one, and he and um, uh, not Tony Stark. What's his, what's the actual actor's name? Um, Robert Robert Downey Jr. Downey Jr. They got the script, or at least what I this is what I've read or heard is they got the script, and it was so much they had to like. Uh, almost like ad lib and change and fix and stuff and on the fly and they did all that and it Iron Man was a great movie and so yeah John Favreau was really really good to have him in there as happy and it's really cool seeing him and uh, Aunt May kind of getting you know a little closer together yeah, it was fun. I, I, I really enjoyed that. And then just Marissa Tomei as Antime works perfectly. Every other version we've seen of Antime, Peter Parker's supposed to be like 15 or 16 years old. And then Antime is like 60 or 70. You know, there's like a, a huge age difference there. It makes more sense that she's a little bit closer, maybe in her 40s or roughly 50 years old. Yeah, and so she was born in 1964, like Marissa Tomei was in 1964, so it was make her 55. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 55. Yeah, yeah, so that's not bad. I mean, she, that's a good a good fit. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Marissa Tomei. I think they're great. Um, what do you know about Mysterio? You mentioned a little bit, like you know just a little bit, but I had no clue who or what or anything about Mysterio. I've heard the name, but I had no clue. Did you read any of the comics? Do you know anything about his history? I don't know anything at all other than he just uses illusions to pull off crimes. I don't know what his motivations are. I don't know if he lost his family at some point or or whatever that is. I was never a big Mysterio fan, so I never really looked into him. Oh, so if anybody had read the comics before, they would know that Mysterio is a bad guy. Yes, absolutely. Now, the name that he used, Quentin Beck, that could be associated with Mysterio, I, I just don't know anything about him other than he's a bad guy with illusions. Awesome. Okay. Well, I guess that makes me very, very glad that I had no clue who Mysterio was. Didn't watch any trailers or didn't know anything about it. Like literally not watching trailers is one of the best things. Um, re- hardly, wholeheartedly recommend everybody listening to this in the sound of my voice. Do not watch into trailers unless you have no clue what the movie's about and you want like, yeah, do I want to watch it? But if you know you want to watch it, watch the movie and you're going to watch it do not watch the trailers i was so surprised at everything which is fantastic and so um i had no idea that mysterio because obviously didn't have any history with reading comics i had no idea he was a good or bad guy i was like oh okay so i've heard the name mysterio so he's probably a good guy you know and then then he becomes bad so yeah really not knowing is terrific when you're looking and really watching the story it helps you enjoy and your enjoyment level big time. And you mentioned the trailer. I watched it just a little bit before we started recording this. There were, let me see, one, two, three, four, five things that I felt were just too big of spoilers for this movie. Normally, Marvel's pretty good about it. But in the trailer, they show that jet blowing up in London when Happy's trying to save them. You see all of the Eternals 
the fire, the earth, the wind, the water. You see them all. You also see MJ confronting Peter about him being Spider-Man. He says no, but you at least see her confronting him. You see Nick Fury shooting Ned and knocking him out, which if you just know, you know, Ned's there with him, you know that scene's going to come soon. Fury's going to enter the picture. And then you also see the huge attack over London Bridge. So five big spoilers uh, from that trailer. So yeah, you are spot on. Do not watch trailers. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad I didn't. Very... Yeah, so in thinking about the entire entire movie, and you have Mysterio first being good, then being bad, um, what did you think would be a good Monday morning quarterback as you are either Spider-Man or Mysterio or whatever? How could you make this play out better? What's your Monday morning quarterback? Well, uh, I don't know about playing the whole story out better, but it seems to me that Nick Fury, maybe now knowing that Nick Fury is actually Talos, and maybe doesn't, of course, doesn't have the connections that Nick Fury had. Nick Fury should have run a total background check, facial recognition on Quentin Beck, unless he, like, erased his past with all that super smart team of people he has around him. There should have been some record of this dude working for Stark Industries in the past. And sure, maybe his story is, I'm a different Quentin Beck from a different reality. But I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think it didn't I didn't get the feeling that Nick Fury or Talos looked into Quentin Beck as well as you should have. Yeah, he definitely was fueled, <laughs> fooled. And it seems like the real Fury would have figured it out, you know, and it, it, but we don't know. You know, he could have been deceived as well. But well, yeah, he deceived is, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my Monday morning quarterback is he literally should have or a Mysterio literally should have killed Spider-Man, put a bullet in him or hundreds of bullets until his pulse is gone, not just let a train run him over. Like this is Spider-Man, you know, he's not going to die easily. And so I'm thinking, oh man, you let him live. Dude, you're stupid. He's going to come back and take you out. Yeah, true that. But Mysterio doesn't know that much about Spider-Man. Not many people do. We as the audience, we know that he always gets up. He never he never quits. And so, yeah, we can assume he's alive. But I can understand why a train going 100 miles an hour, you can maybe assume that he just got killed. Oh, easily, but, yes. But just yeah. send a few drones to find the body. You're right about that. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking he definitely should have found the body or realized, hey, you know, he's got to be killed, killed. Like, I need to make sure his pulse is gone. So here's a big spoiler spoiler to everything. Love the very, very end. What I did not see it coming where Mysterio Beck actually says who Peter Parker is or who Spider-Man is. What do you think about that? Oh, man, it put him in such a bind, or it puts him in such a bind. I'm looking forward to the next movie. Um, I think, so there, there's two aspects to that final scene. Uh, Mysterio is making the world think that Spider-Man actually planned out the attack and and everything, and they told the world who Spider-Man is. I think it's pretty simple with Edith and Stark technology to figure out who was giving the orders that was causing the destruction. And with everybody in London having cell phones and recording it, I imagine they have footage of Spider-Man fighting back against the drones and all that stuff. So that's easy to explain away. But how do you explain away Mysterio, supervillain, if you're able to convince the world he's a supervillain, how do you explain away that Peter Parker is not Spider-Man? Like, why would supervillain choose this 16-year-old high school kid to say he's Spider-Man? There's got to be something there. I think that's where things are going to get tough for Spider-Man in the next movie. Well, do you think he's going to try to keep hiding who he is? Because we know that 
Iron Man never displayed who he was. But at the very end, Iron Man won. I am Iron Man. And obviously with the last scene where he dies, I am Iron Man. Um, you know, maybe they change it and they go in a new direction where he actually is Spider-Man and everybody knows it. Yeah, maybe they do. Um, in the comic books, it's just such a big part of his history that nobody ever knows except for the closest people to him that he's spider-man so i'm thinking they will stick with that theme or that character trait of spider-man not wanting the world to know because he just he he believes deep down in his soul that he's doing the right thing but being spider-man puts those that he loves in danger so i don't think he wants i think he's gonna do whatever he can to hide the fact like we might see in the next movie the very beginning we see peter parker in danger and then spider-man comes and swoops in and saves the day to try to prove that he's not spider-man you know a body double yeah um i think that's a great Great thought, a great thinking. You know, he'll he'll have his best friend come in and swing. A little, yeah, Ned. Little huh? <laughs> yeah, Ned. A little chubbier. Go ahead and pick him up. But that's a good thought. But here's my thought along with that. Now that the word's out, the word came out with Iron Man, and Iron Man, like Tony Stark himself, did not have anything special. Like he literally does not, or he literally needs his suit. Spider Man does not need his suit at all. Like it, the Iron Suit's great because it does a lot of great things, but he literally does not need a suit. And Tony was able to live a normal life because, you know, even though he knew he was Spider-Man, so, or sorry, he, they knew, everybody knew he was Iron Man. And now you have Spider-Man uh, knowing that Tony Stark wants somebody to be the next Iron Man or, you know, take over for Tony, take over to be the guy, the main leader of, you know, overseer of everything, coordinate everything together. And he called him, Peter Parker, as being that next guy. I think that they're, he's going to try but eventually he's going to have to say, you know what? This is the way it is. And I am Spider-Man and I'm running Stark Industries. I'm running Edith and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we that that could end up happening. And that, that would actually be a cool little twist right here. I mean, he takes over as the lead of the MCU through the next phase. Totally possible. You know what kind of pulled me out of the movie was when they went into the bar to have drinks. Mysterio was still in his costume just without his bulb helmet. And Peter Parker was in his black suit as as a monkey what was it called night monkey <laughs> night monkey yeah so he was he was in his suit as night monkey without his mask on and that just pulled me right out of the movie because why would they really do that you know it just it, it took me out of it it didn't make sense having a drink what would make more sense is uh mysterio goes in buys a six-pack and they go to the top of a building or something you know what i mean i completely agree i thought that was rather hokey in my opinion i was like you know they're they're just showing who they are like, he's just literally sit, standing there like in that suit with peter parker like you're fighting with uh yeah that was a rather silly scene i think they should have they should have moved that out um i wanted to talk to you i like at the very beginning of the movie, how they all talked about, showed, and got things that we would normally think, okay, with the blip, you know, five years, they come all of a sudden come back, like in the middle of a basketball game, people come back right where they were, and they get tripped up, and things, I, I thought that was very creative, and a quick, maybe like three minutes at most, to really just like, bring you back up to speed, and see all the cool things, like what changes, and what didn't change, and we you know, like all the nuances of if it did happen, somebody died or you know, was gone for five years and came right back. I thought they did a good job there. Oh, they nailed it, man. I mean, you see them come back in the middle of the game. So uh, we, we can extract from this all the other ideas. If somebody, you know, vanished out from a plane, now they reappeared in the middle of the sky. Um, you know, we lost half of the people. So now the food supplies are less when 
when everybody comes back, there's not enough food, but they don't need to address any of that crazy, terrible things. Husband and wife, the husband disappeared. He comes back. She's married to someone else. Now that they've addressed it, like you said, in this quick and simple three minutes, we never need to discuss it from this point forward in any movie. The world is back to the way it should be and everything seems pretty good. And I really like how uh, the first scene with Aunt May and Spider-Man together at that little fundraiser or awards or uh, whatever kind of ceremony that was they mentioned that how you know thanks to all of you helping out the people that got blipped you know we're we're moving on and, and we're healing from this that kind of thing I, I i thought this three minutes they spent sets us up for the rest of the thing and we don't have to come back to the blip at all ever again I think you're absolutely right. Now, they might come back to the blip. I think that they might use that in as a future story. That might be kind of neat. But I did not even think about it. You're absolutely right. If somebody's flying in a plane and they get blipped, they come back in the air, they're dead. You know? yeah. <laughs> or they're in a train. Yeah, so there are going to be plenty of people that die. But, hey, it's better than all, you know, half of life you know, being gone. Oh, absolutely. Well, because that do- doesn't respond to the blip on other planets. But now that we've addressed it here, you don't need to talk about other planets. It's some it's it's it just doesn't need to be addressed again because they hit it so well in this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that it was fun the way they did the blip and they showed funny things and you know, all that good stuff coming back. I thought that was really creative in how they did it. So what did you think about the um I, the one character that was really kind of getting on my nerve, or not kind of, but was getting on my nerves, was one of the teachers. Not not the black guy. I, I don't know his name. Um, he's a fine J.B. Smoove is the actor's name. The black actor. But J- you're talking, oh, about, yeah, okay, you're talking yes. about Martin Starr. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So Mr. Dell, J.B. Smoove, he did, he was great. Like I, 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 He's a good actor. I like him in all the other movies I've seen him in. Um, but uh, who was it? Martin Starr. Yeah. Martin Starr, like just his character, like just being so like, I don't know, wimpy and pathetic. I was like, dude, come on, grow up. Here's what is- you would call a soy boy. Have you heard of that term? No, I haven't. What's that? So soy is we're discovering that it is not a healthy food at all. It promotes maybe it contains estrogen but it also promotes estrogen growth in the body so all of these people who are this is the word right the the word on the street or whatever right now everybody who's vegan eating a ton of soy and stuff they're not they don't have as much um, testosterone going through their body they've got more estrogen so maybe they're taking on female characteristics and that kind of thing so that's what a soy boy is and that's what martin Starr is just kind of a, a weak pathetic kind of guy no confidence at all not manly in any way you know so maybe that's what you're vibing off of with that him. is probably I would say no, not probably. Definitely it. Irritated. <laughs> He's a soy boy. He irritated the crap out of me. I'm like, grow a pair. Like J.B. Smoove or Mr. Dell, I thought he did a great job. I was like taking control and, and or a, a little bit. But, you know, my personality, I'm more of a take control type of person. If there's something going on, I have to fix it or figure it out and like, you know, say, hey, this is how it is. But, man, such a wimpy soy boy. Okay. So it's not Metro anymore. We don't call them Metro. We call them soy boys. Yeah, we call them soy boys. <laughs> yeah. and, but I really did. Like how he said his wife pretended to blip out and went off with a friend of hers. That was hilarious. I mean, no wonder why she left him. She he's he's like a woman, so he's so yeah. bad. Um, but no, that was hilarious. We had a fake funeral. Actually, it was a real funeral, but she wasn't dead, so it was fake. <laughs> yeah, that, that was oh, great. Love that stuff. Hey, uh, uh, one other thing I really want to mention is that um, I think this movie really tricked most of the audience because we. In Endgame, 
we're exposed to the idea of alternate timelines, which basically means alternate dimensions where things can happen, right? And in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, once again, we're introduced to these other um, multidimensional aspects of the world. And I think Mysterio's story in the beginning, while it tricked Fury and Peter Parker, I think for a lot of the audience that didn't know Mysterio was a bad guy, they probably assume that his story is the truth. He is from another planet where these elements destroyed it, killed his family, killed everyone he knows. Now he's here to help us. I, I like how they played. It, it feels to me that they played on the audience's perception of the truth of the multiverse within the MCU. They sure did. And I I was also thinking of um, Doctor Strange. That also with a whole other dimension and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, protecting the reality. Like there's so many things I'm like, okay, this is something they're introducing. There's different, uh, you know, dimensions or different realities or not just realities, but like different worlds. And so me not knowing Mysterio was a bad guy, I was like, wow, that was pretty creative because I had no clue. So the storytelling for me was I literally had no knowledge whatsoever. Went into it, watching it, really, really impressed. That's good, man. That's that's good. And uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was impressed. Oh, one thing too. Did you catch when Spider-Man said, can't you call Captain Marvel? That was that was the first time we've ever heard her referenced as Captain Marvel as opposed to Carol or Danvers. Yeah, I, well, I caught that. But what I, did, I didn't like was when he said, um, don't invoke her name. I was like, that's just a stupid thing to say. I mean, that's just... Is she Satan? I mean, she kind of acts like, yeah, she kind of acts like Satan. I mean, she's that, that, like, I get punched in the face, like, she's a winged spawn of Satan or something. I, but uh, invoking her name was just rather weird. Well, it could be something to do with he spent some time out in space with her, you know, when she was going to help the scrolls. And then maybe, maybe she's like Beetlejuice. You say her name three times and she pops up, man. I don't know. <laughs> and he didn't want her there. Maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. But I'm sure in the in the next Captain Marvel movie or the next Spider-Man movie, we're going to get a reason for why he didn't want to even think about Captain Marvel. Something's going to be there. It's going to play in. That makes that, that makes sense. I think uh, that would be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. Now, what is the next movie slated to come out for the MCU? Uh, I have no idea. Um, what I heard was at the at San Diego Comic Con this year, um, they're going to have a panel in Hall H, and Kevin Feige is going to announce the upcoming like plans. Uh, he's not going to give spoilers, but just the basic plans for the for the next phase of movies. So I have no idea what's next. Of course, there's going to be a Captain Marvel. There's going to be a Black Panther. There's going to be a Doctor Strange, but and probably another Spider-Man too. But beyond that, who knows? Got it. Now I'm looking at IMDb. Going back to a little bit really quickly about the actors that played Spider-Man. I'm on IMDb, and there's a an image. It has all three of the Spider-Mans: uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, who's the other guy? The second guy. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. And then you also have Tom Holland looking, just looking at their faces. Andrew Garfield looks like he's mad. Like he's always, you know, just, he just <laughs> yeah. looks not nice. Tom McGuire just kind of looks like he's out of it. And, but Tom Holland looks like he's more of like a, a kid, you know, like a, a peppy kid. So I just, the way their facial features are and stuff, I really, yeah, that just goes back to me saying, I really like having, um, Tom Holland being the Spider-Man. Uh, without a doubt, man. Uh, let me see here. One last thing before we get to our lessons, from me at least. I found it interesting how nobody asked Mysterio what his green powers are. Oh, uh, like, yeah. What is that he's doing? He never explains it. Nobody. Like, how is he able to battle wind, earth, water, 
with this green stuff? What is that? Exactly. I mean, that, that was my, going through my brain. I was like, what in the world is stuff he's shooting at him? But I, I was like, okay, it's maybe just some special, you know, his special power. I was like, how did, if you're from Earth, how did you get that special power? And, you know, if you're, if you're a human, like what, what happened? Like there's no, but I, I was thinking, okay, maybe cause I didn't know he's a bad guy. Um, maybe they're going to have an origin story like Captain Marvel. Yeah. I gotcha. So I'm looking at online at some uh, websites that show the ones that they say that they're slated, but they're nothing coming out anytime soon. Obviously, we know Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out. Oh, that one too. I forgot to mention. Yeah. yeah they're not even recording it yet be, or, you know, um, filming it because of what's his name? Um, James Gunn is locked up with Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Hopefully that gets wrapped up soon. Um, Black Widow. Uh, the Eternals, which I have no idea anything about that oh that's right i don't know anything about it either i guess angelina jolie is supposed to be one of the eternals that's all i know about it uh hope that's not going to be crappy okay i'm not i'm not (laughs) i'm not a jolie fan she just uh she's okay but she's just i I want somebody different anyways dr strange 2 that's definitely going to happen uh black panther 2 which they're stupid if they do not do another black panther because they made a killing on black panther worldwide they made Crap loads of money. You have to do a Black Panther too. Um, let's see, what else? Shang Chai? Shang Chi, yeah. I guess he's supposed to be a Chinese martial arts master. Okay. Maybe with super strength and powers too. I don't know. I, I don't really know him from the comic books. So I see a phase they they give the phase four release dates. Um at least this website, I'm not sure if it's any true. May first, twenty twenty, November sixth, twenty twenty, February. 2021 may 2021 november 2021 february 22 may 22 july 22 so yeah so what looks like we're going to be a a year without having any um marvel movies coming out but then it'll be two in that one year then three in that next year then three after that so it'll be pretty neat pretty pretty neat to see how they're going to change and and make things going to be hopefully hopefully just as good if not better than what's happened in the past because the last the what we've been through with these last 10, 11 years have been terrific. Yes. I'm so looking forward to it, man. I can't wait to hear what his announcements are uh, at (laughs) Comic-Con. Are you going to go to Comic-Con? No, no, I'm not going, but it would just be, uh, you know, uh, as soon as he makes those announcements, it'll be all over all of my different entertainment channels. I watch and stuff, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have on Instagram, I have Marvel MCU or whatever that, that shows all the movies and their advertisements and stuff. I have them liked or whatever on my um, Instagram. So I always get all their stuff, you know, Hey, this is coming out or come watch this or whatever. Plus, you know, that they like ads. And so they're going to get all those ads all over Facebook and everywhere. So I usually turn them off so I don't have to see it because I don't want to be let down by seeing the trailer beforehand. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea avoid that channel I, I i do my best to avoid them on youtube sometimes you know people will put up um uh in their thumbnails <laughs> that's such a bummer when thumbnails give away things you know oh, what I mean? yeah absolutely yeah so if you didn't see endgame within the first week but you went on youtube there was at least one video that i saw that talking about endgame like the within the title of the youtube video had the word endgame and then you see a picture of the ancient one in the thumbnail so if you hadn't seen the movie yet well great the ancient one is going to be in this how is that she died this confirms time travel you know i mean yeah thumbnails even give away stuff yes absolutely so yeah everybody do not watch trailers beforehand because it is such a better experience but after 
Hundred percent. So, what was your favorite scene out of the movie? Oh man, my favorite scene. Honestly, there was so many good ones. I want to say, hmm, man, I, I had I when you asked that question, I actually hadn't write, wrote down which scene I liked the most. Um, I would have to say that I really liked. What's funny? There were so many action scenes, but I enjoyed that blip beginning where they were talking about this. There's probably, you know, if I watched through the movie again, I could probably pick a better one, like the action scenes or whatever. But I thought that was rather creative and rather fun for me. Oh, I agree with you. I like that blip scene a lot. Um, I also liked every scene with Ned and Peter and Zendaya or, you know, uh, MJ and Peter. They all just worked great together. You could see the friendship there between him and Ned. You can see the kind of attraction between him and MJ. I really liked those scenes. I also liked the whole Bloodsport solution scene at the very end with him closing his eyes and getting through that hallway. But I think my favorite scene was in Berlin, he hooks up with Nick Fury and, you know, they go to the building. He suddenly realizes that, oh, crap, Mysterio is here. The illusion fades, but Nick Fury remains. But Nick Fury that remains is still an illusion. He doesn't know that, you know? And he gets shot, going through the whole kind of crazy illusion scene, falling, fighting, all that kind of stuff. And then at the very end, once again, he's tricked by thinking Nick Fury is actually there because Nick Fury comes out and shoots Mysterio. And then the illusion fades, you know? So it was a really interesting use of Mysterio's illusion powers two times, making him think that Nick Fury is actually there. And then Spider-Man gives up the goods on him. That's uh, very On cool. his friends who know. I, I just yeah. love that scene. Yeah, that was a really, really good scene. It was very visually, like you're, you feel like you're there. You're all discombobulated, you know, with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, what is interesting about Mysterio's character, really quickly, I wanted to talk about Mysterio's character, using drones now back when they were writing the comics they had no clue about drones you know and so when you think about mysterio as the comic book character not having drones i wonder how he actually did you know using um all the the what is the holograms and sort of stuff but i thought that was really you cool using drones to do all the projection and all that stuff that was really neat it was, and you can imagine those drones have all different types of weapons on them, not just bullets, but you see the when when Peter Parker gets hit with the water, I'm sure they're using some kind of a force beam, and they probably have some melting superheat stuff to simulate fire or lava burning and stuff. Pretty uh, pretty advanced, a uh, couple million bucks per drone for sure. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So what is your first lesson? My first lesson is a nice and simple one. Honesty is the best policy. So in the beginning on the plane, Ned's lie about Peter being um, uh, allergic to perfume, it ended up sticking Peter between the two teachers for the entire flight. Instead of, instead of just saying, hey, MJ, want to sit next to me and watch some movies during the flight? Um, his whole plan was good, but just be more direct. Don't do the lies. Just, you know, I... Just just be more direct and be more upfront with what you want. And be friendly, too. I mean, I add that in, like, in that situation. Just be friendly. Hey, you know, I got this thing. Do you want to come watch movies with me? Mm-hmm. You know, you just yep. do something like that. But, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay. So my first lesson is, and I've done that. I've been there. So um, always check to see if the place is open on the website. So I personally went to Florence, Italy, and we were going to see, not to just see the Statue of David, but we were in the city of Florence in Italy, and they had the Statue of David. But apparently, for some reason, 
that that one or two days we were there, it was literally closed. Like the whole entire museum was that closed. And like, man, I don't think I'm ever come back and be able to see the statue of David. And it's closed. And so being able to look on the website so much better that to see when things are open, when things are closed, especially when you're traveling thousands of miles to get there, you really want to do that. I love that lesson that didn't even occur to me. And you're 100% right. Spend a little bit of time Googling, not just coming up with your plans, but making sure it's available. You're right. Yeah. For me also, I'll give everybody a little tip too. Even if I need to go to a store to buy something and I mean, it could be something that is, if it's always there, I wouldn't call. But if it's something that's like, Hey, I wonder if they have it there. I'm not going to drive to figure out if they have it. I'm going to call them up. Hey, do you guys have this? That'll save me a whole trip. Totally. Totally. Save you that time and a couple bucks in gas too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my second lesson is always have a backup plan. And, and I kind of, I bet that Quentin's plan of blaming Spider-Man, um, uh, I bet it was always there just in case they got into a fight and his illusions were exposed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is great. Always have a backup plan. Now, do you always have a backup plan? No, I don't. But <laughs> we should always have a backup plan. We should. Occasionally, occasionally I have backup plans when I foresee that something could potentially go wrong. And when you're dealing with uh, potentially killing a lot of people, millions of dollars in damage, a complicated, complex scheme involving uh, drones and holograms, yeah, a backup plan is pretty smart. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so my second lesson is always trust when your Peter tingles. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So when you, and basically what it comes down to trusting your gut, you know, if you feel something and you're like, man, this just doesn't feel right, then it's, yeah, I would say go with it. Go with whatever your, your inner sense, your, your, your Peter tingling and, or spidey sense or your gut is telling you, go with your gut. And I think that was in one of our previous, like just like last episode or something that we did where we you know, talked about trusting your gut, but yeah, and, that, and that's something you can do. And I like to close my eyes and have my kids swing bats in front of me so I can try to, you know, practice and, and have my Peter tingle. That's right. You wanted to participate in the blood sport next year, right? Absolutely. Nice, man. Nice. Good practice there. Um, oh, uh, Mason hit me in the head with a bat once <laughs> accidentally. We were out, you know, at the park, uh, setting up the tee with the ball for him to hit. And then in between, I was talking to Dalen and he was practicing his swings and I wasn't paying attention. He clocked me in the jaw. <laughs> oh, thinking of that. Well, the jaw, dude, that's a rough, it's not like in the back of the head or something. That That's even, that, that must've jarred Yeah, you. it was pretty painful. He didn't break anything, thankfully. And it was a metal oh. or aluminum bat too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but dude. I got lucky. Wow. Um, that got me thinking. It's good it didn't hit you in the nuts or in your boys. Yeah. I mean, that would be, or hit you in the Peter. That would be really, really rough. And that got me thinking of when one of the dudes was, uh, was it Flash was giving a um, interview and somebody ran by and hit him in the nuts. I was, I was laughing so hard yep, at that. Yeah, and that was good. Well, it wasn't an interview; it was a live stream, I oh, believe, on his it. YouTube channel. <laughs> And so that was a perfect time for a nut shot. That was awesome. I just, <laughs> I, I died laughing. At that. Oh, for sure, man. All right. So my third lesson is surround yourself with smart, capable people. And of course, CEOs for companies do this. Uh, managers at restaurants hire really good, capable servers and, and, you know, people for the back kitchen around them to make 
you know, to, to have a better chance of success. And Mysterio did this because he brought on a really good team of computer programmers, um, uh, a, a writer with creative ideas, um, a woman to iron out his suit. I mean, he had a really good team behind him, and that's why he did succeed up until the end, at least. That's a great point. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, with all the businesses that I have, um, definitely having a good team around you makes life so much better. Very cool. Okay, so my third lesson is, and I really need to stop doing this. I need to stop apologizing for being the smartest person in the room. <laughs> that's your, well, that's your number one takeaway. <laughs> no, I, and I'm saying this sarcastically because I'm definitely not smart. I know I'm not smart at all. So I was just more saying that sarcastically. But I thought that was a, a terrific line. You know, Peter's like apologizing and everything. And Mysterio or Beck says that to him. I was like, oh, that was awesome. It was awesome. And it was it was the perfect way to... Um, ingratiate yourself towards Peter Parker. You know, that was the perfect thing to say to start to get him on your side because right away now he's in the palm of your hand after you say something like that. Absolutely. And we know why he said those things. But yeah, absolutely. That was, I love that line. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Uh, oh, uh, what prop would you like to own from this movie? So there's two things and I'm kind of torn. I'll help. I ask you to help me figure it out. So I really love the Spider-Man suit. Obviously we haven't done Spider-Man uh, or did we do Spider-Man? Yeah, we did. Did I, did I actually pick the Spider-Man suit? I don't remember. I can't remember. I can't, I had no recall. It was a little while ago. So if I already picked the Spider-Man suit in a previous episode or, you know, the, when they did the homecoming, um, I would go with the Edith glasses. I would pick those. Those would be awesome. Um, like Not like the Mysterio suit or anything like that. Those are kind of forgettable. You know, they're kind of neat, but they're forgettable at the same time. But um, Edith glasses would be cool. But if I did not, in the episode of Homecoming, if I did not pick his suit, I would pick his suit. Um, I don't know which one. Not the black one, the, the, the night monkey. Not that one. Just like maybe the iron suit or no, the one he made at the very end. I thought that was pretty slick. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, that was a good suit. And I was thinking about Mysterio's chest piece, um, but I think I would take instead that black Dahlia that he bought for MJ, but not broken apart, just the whole thing in like a nice little display, flip open display case. Or oh, box. that's a good idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, so you- I really like, that was a central part to the entire movie, just his... Uh, affection. I don't want to say love because it, maybe it's not love yet, but his affection for MJ really played a, a part in everything that he did. And in his whole confusion, you know, his hormones are raging because he's 16 year old, that kind of stuff. Um, MJ was a big part of the story. Yeah. The the other option, I'd, I'd take the plane that Happy was flying. That, that would that would be okay. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> huh? Yeah. That big, beautiful sucker. And how it could fly, it's like one of those um, Harrier jets that can kind of float in and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. I was so bummed when it got blown up because that makes the suits. I mean, it's got so many co- – and it's got cool tunes in it. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> man. Blew up a That's plane. right. Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin, too. <laughs> that that line, I laughed out loud. I don't think anybody else laughed out loud, but I laughed out loud in the movie theater when that – and he said, oh, yeah, I love Led Zeppelin. I was like, That's awesome. I was all, also one of the only people that laughed at that line. Yeah, I guess us older, old fogies, we get a joke like that. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Cool. So my guess is that you give this movie an A. A plus. Yeah, me too. Yes. For sure. Love it. Gotta recommend it. If you're a Marvel fan, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if you're just a good teenage movie kind of fan, I and mean, this is kind of like a teenage love romantic love story thing with action, with a ton of humor thrown in, you can't go wrong with this. Absolutely. And it's very fun, too. It's just a fun movie to watch. So, yes, absolutely. 
Cool beans. So uh, before we move on, anything else about uh, uh, Far From Home that we failed to or neglected to discuss? I can't think of anything. We covered quite a bit. Cool. I agree with you there. So let's see here. This was my choice. So Dust, what movie are we learning from next week? Okay, so I know that coming out is a movie called Stuber. It sounds pretty fun. It's got Dave Bautista. I like him as an actor. He was really, really good. Did you know that he actually took acting lessons to play the part in Guardians of the Galaxy because he didn't want to screw it up? Yeah, I had heard that. Yeah, super, super cool. So anyways, I like Dave Bautista. It's... um. It's basically like a cop movie, uh, like a, a duo movie. And it reminded me, since that's going to come out a little bit later, I want it's going to come out, I think, next week. But for this week, we got to fill it in. I want to do another similar type of movie. Now, one would be Lethal Weapon, which would be a terrific movie to do after, go after. But I wanted more of a funny one, like I'm in the mood for a funny one. So how about Rush Hour? <laughs> that is... I haven't seen that movie in 15 years, maybe. I... That is such a good choice. I'm down. Awesome. Yeah, I love I love uh, uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. I love the scene where he goes, "Hey, if you don't help, if you don't take care of him, I'm gonna drop him off at Panda Express." <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, awesome. Good. So we'll do Rush Hour. Nice, man. Good choice. Good choice. So uh, for the audience, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel about Spider-Man Far From Home. We want to hear your thoughts. And of course, your thoughts along with any life lessons that you took away that we failed to uh, to catch, I guess, right? So please visit the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 55 and go ahead and leave a comment there. Alrighty then, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Rush Hour. Rush Hour.